after the Miraglim come back and try to scare the Yidden about the strength of the nations in Eretz Yisroel, etc., Yeshua and Kalev say, Achba Hashem al Timroidu, do not rebel against Hashem, the Atem al Tiruis Amoris, do not fear the people of the land, Kilachmenuheim, they are our bread, Sartsilome Aleim, their shade has been removed from them, their protection has been removed, as we'll see, Vashem Itonu Hashem is with us, Al Tiroim, do not fear them. On the words Al Timroidu, do not rebel, Rashi says, Vishuv, the Atem Al-Tiru, if you don't rebel against Hashem, then you won't fear these nations. What's forcing Rashi to explain it in this way, and not just that it's two separate statements, don't rebel against Hashem, and do not fear the Goyim? That's the first question that I've asked. On the next Rashi, Kilachmenuheim, where it says they are our bread, Rashi says, Noichleim Kalechem, we're going to eat them like bread. Says the Rebbe, seemingly, what's Rashi telling us? Seemingly, that's the way we would understand. Obviously, these nations are not bread. It would seem to be that it's saying they'll be as easy to be to win them like bread. Why specifically bread? Why not just eat them like food? Why bread specifically? Then Rashi goes on in the word Sartzilam. Their shade has been removed. Rashi says Maginam, their their protection. V'chazkam, their strength. The righteous amongst them died. Eiv that was protecting them. And then Rashi says Dovarachar, another explanation. Tzila means the shade of Hashem was removed from over them. The question here the Rebbe has is, why do we need both Pirushim? So to start explaining, the Rebbe says, the Miraglim were telling the Yidden, were arguing that the nation is very, very strong. It seems to be that Yeshua and Kalev are not contradicting and disagreeing with this claim. If that's the case, why shouldn't the Yidden be afraid? What would it mean that they say out not to be afraid? This is why Rashi says, Al Timroidu, don't rebel, and as a result of that, then Al Tiru, then you won't be afraid. That means if you don't rebel against Hashem, then you have nothing to be afraid of, because Hashem will be with you. Now we can also understand the continuation of Rashi, when he says, Noichleim Kalechem, we're going to eat them like bread. What does he mean? Not that they're going to be as easy as bread. Not that. We may think that just like bread is a necessity, so too to enter Eretz Yisrael is a necessity, and that's why you shouldn't be afraid, afraid of them. Rather, Noichlem Kalecha means, Rashi had told us already earlier in Parshas B'Shalach, when the Yidin had asked for bread, Rashi says, because they asked appropriately, therefore Hashem is going to give it to them in a way of chibah, in a way of love, with a pon with a shiny face. So too over here, Hashem is going to give the Bnei Yisrael the victory over these nations in a loving way, with a shining face. And that's going to strengthen even more this idea that they didn't have absolutely nothing what to be afraid of. Now as far as the two Pirushim in Sar Tzilam, that their shade has been removed. When we say Sar Tzilam Me'aleim, their shade has been removed from on top of them, that sounds like the shade still exists, it moved from over them to somewhere else. But according to Rashi's first Pirush, that Kshayrim Shabbat, that the righteous ones died, that Eev died, then it means that that shade is no longer around at all. Not that it moved from one place to the other. Even though Bedoichik, you could say, yes, as far as the nations are concerned, they don't have it anymore, so it doesn't make a difference if it's on them or it's somewhere else. But still, the word Sartzilam seems to be not so simple, and this is why Rashi has another Pirush that it refers to the shade of Hashem. The problem, however, with that pirush is 
that when it says Sartzi Lum their shade, it sounds like it's their own shade, which makes more sense according to the Pirush that it means the righteous ones of amongst them and not referring to the shade of Hashem. Now from this point on, the Rebbe turns to a completely another angle on this Rashi, taking out certain aspects of Halacha and Hasidus and other inyanim of Pnimiyas HaToyra within this Rashi. Says the Rebbe like this, in regards to the tumah of a nevela, that means an animal that was not shechted properly, is, causes something to be tomei. The Rambam paskins that a goy that shechts, so his shechita is considered like a nevela, that means it is considered that he shechted it, but it's not a proper shechita, it's a nevela, and therefore it causes tumah. The Ravid argues, and says that goyim are just like an animal, they don't become tomei, they don't make other things tomei. The Ravid uses the expression, he says, somebody that he can, somebody, someone that considers the goyim as anything is like trying to hold ear in your palms, in your hands. The Kesef Mish, and therefore the Ravid argues that the, the, you can't consider their, 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 the, the, the as a tomb of an avail at all. The Kesef Mishnah asks, what difference does it make if they do make something tummy or they don't make something tummy? We're speaking about their shechita. So the Ragachover comes along and explains that when can you say that a goy could ruin a shechita and make it into an avela and therefore cause tumor? That's if the one doing it, doing the shechita, is some sort of existence. But if the goy is a non-existence, you cannot say that he's making something into an avela either and causing the tumor. And therefore a behemoth that the goy would shecht, according to the Ravid, would just be as if a behemoth that died by itself and therefore it's an avela, but not because of his shechita. Says the Rebbe, this machloikas, whether the goy is considered a metzius in existence or not, is also connected to the whole concept of Ashgacha Protis, of how it applies to a goy. According to the Rambam would come out, that the goy is a metzius, and therefore the concept of Ashgacha Protis applies to them as well, whereas according to the Ravid, they're a non-existence, so the regular concept of Ashgacha Protis wouldn't apply to them. Says the Rebbe, this will now fit with the two Pirushim of Rashi, of whether we're speaking about the Kshayrim Shabahim, the strength of the Goyim themselves, the righteous ones amongst them, or we're speaking about the protection, the shade of Hashem. This is going to be dependent on these two opinions of the Rambam and the Ravid. The first explanation, that it's referring to their strength is no longer there. Their Kshayrim, their righteous ones are no longer there. That would fit with the Shita of the Ravid, who says that they're a non-existence, the Goyim. And therefore, there's no regular Ashgacha protest by them either. So according to the Ravid, you can't say it's the shade of Hashem. What's the idea of a shade? What's the idea of a shadow? It's usually going to be measured according to the thing over which or from which it's a shadow. If the Goyim are a non-existence, you can't say that they have the shadow of Hashem on them. And therefore, what the Ravid would say is like the first Pirush of Rashi, that their own righteous people died. Where as according to the Rambam, that the Goyim are also a Metzius, are also in existence. You could say proper Ashgacha Pratis over them. And therefore you could say, it's the shade of Hashem that was over them that's now no longer there. To explain a little bit more this idea of what does it mean a shade or a shadow. Chassidus explains, Torah of the Baal Shem Tev, that, uh, that Hashem, on the Pesach Hashem Tzilcha, that Hashem is like the shadow of the person, that according to the person's action down here, just like a shadow moves according to the body, Hashem responds and reciprocates to the person according to his actions. In a similar way, although not exactly in the same way, but in a similar way, will be by Goyim as well, that what they do brings forth an action and a reaction, Mila 
and therefore will be a reward or a punishment, etc. But that's again only according to the opinion of the Rambam, that they are a mitzvah, they are in existence, and therefore the concept of Ashgacha Pratis applies to them. According to the Ravid, the Goy is a non-existence. The whole point of the Goy is only there, is completely secondary, only there for the Yid. Even the mitzvahs that they have are only there in order to allow that the world should be able to be an inhabited, a settled place, so that the Yidin could do their avoid of making a place for Hashem down here. And therefore, any reward and punishment that's associated with them is not that they had caused a certain reward or a certain punishment. It's more like the Torah says about an animal that had caused an Aveda to a person, then we get rid of the animal as well. Meaning the whole tachlis is that you're serving the Yid, so if you're not fulfilling that, then you're no longer here. But it's not that your particular avoid is going to bring about a particular reward or punishment. It says that Rebbe, now we can understand the two pirushim of Rashi. According to the first pirush, we're speaking about the strength, the protection of the Goyim themselves coming from within themselves. That means they're righteous people. That means, yes, if they do what they're supposed to be doing, then there's a certain strength added, added to them. But it's not that it brings anything malamaila. We wouldn't say that it's the shade or the shadow of Hashem over them. Whereas according to the second Pirush, when it goes according to the Rambam, that they are begedder mitzis, they do have an existence, there is a particular Ashgacha protest on them. They do achieve things, Lamaila, you could say, it's the, referring to the shade of Hashem over them, that means what they do brings about a certain protection from Hashem. And therefore, we translate Tzilom as the Tzil Shalmokim. Says the Rebbe, but even according to the sheet of the Rambam, that the Aramitzis, and there is Ashgacha Pratis. Nevertheless, it's nowhere close to the way it's by B'nai Yisrael, because at the end of the day, it's still only called a tzel, the idea of a shadow, the idea of makif, it's only surrounding, it's protecting from above. So what does the Pasuk say further? That by the Goyim, even their tzel moved away now. But Vashem Itonu, regarding a Yid, Hashem is mamish with him, in a way of Pnimius, in a real union, in a real bond, and therefore Al-Tiram, there's absolutely nothing to be afraid of them, and the Yidin can enter safely into Eretz Yisrael.